Greetings, this is Dave. And I'm Stacy. Welcome to the Plants Change My Life podcast. We are a husband and wife team living in Houston, arguably the barbecue capital of Texas, who share a passion for good food and holistic wellness. We are on a mission to inspire people to live their best lives through healthy food choices, one meal at a time. Every individual making these choices today will help create a legacy of good health and wellness for the next generation. In this podcast, you'll hear stories from people who have experienced awesome changes with the plant-based lifestyle. We'll also feature other amazing individuals whose voices help with our mission. Today, you'll hear from a Houston couple who has witnessed firsthand the transformative power of a plant-based diet. Jesse and Sarah Renovato are the heart of a story that shows how motivation and determination, along with a little bit of education, can lead a person to feats and perspectives that they never imagined. At the age of 27, Jesse found himself trapped in his own body, ravaged by psoriatic arthritis. Sarah is a wife determined to help her husband live a vibrant life. And Jesse is a father whose motivation is the four daughters he dearly loves. Their story starts in 2012 with a troubling run and ends with triumph just a few years later. We are excited to share their story because... It not only displays the power of plants, but it shows the power of human will, faith, and love. Grab your tea and take a seat. Here's their story. I've always been a really active person, very high energy, and, and enjoyed being outdoors. And uh, uh, I just decided to go on a run uh, with one of my buddies. And, and I think, I don't know if it was that morning or that day, but like my Achilles tendon just felt like it locked up. Uh, just my ankle was really bugging me. But I had already told him I was going to go. So I was like, hey, look, this is, you know, my leg really hurts. I could barely walk on it. But I told you I was going to go, so I'm going to be there. And so I did, I showed up and I was, you know, trying to stretch, trying to warm up and uh, it just, nothing, you know, nothing was uh, was working for me. I saw I, I was walking, you know, as fast as I could just to try to keep up. Mm-hmm. But uh, once I did get moving and um, then then my, my ankle felt a little better. But then when I stopped, then the pain came back again. So I was like, hey, I'm going to have to go check this out. And it really kind of like spiraled from there. I think just a... Uh, physically as my body was just kind of spiraling downward it had to start with my ankle they they, uh, they were like well you got an old injury in your ankle and that's probably what's irritating it and just doesn't want to you know just locking up on you so they said here's some painkillers and uh you know do some little exercises and you'll be all right so i'm wearing this boot now right <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> so i'm getting up and moving around and i got this boot and i thought maybe it was just because i was leaning too much on my left leg that now my left knee started to hurt. And I'm like, oh, what the heck is this? You know, thinking mm-hmm. that it's just because I was standing too much or just kind of walking around unevenly because of the boot. My left knee started to bother me enough to where I went back to the orthopedic. And uh, I was like, hey, well, what's going on over here? And again, he just checks it out. And he's like, everything seems to be working fine. Everything, everything seems good. I don't, I, don't, I don't know, basically, is what he said. But in... Yeah, a little more professionally. 
<laughs> where it just kind of sounded like, well, you know, this is a, you're all right. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, oh, maybe, well, some, I don't know. I don't know why it's hurting. So I, I finally get off the boot. I'm doing little exercises to, to, keep, to make it go, feel better. I mean, it still kind of hurt, but it was my left knee. That pain didn't go away. Mm-hmm. And, and then my other knee, and that's what was crazy. It was like, that one started to hurt. And then I, because my knees were hurting, I was using my back more to stand up and down. So my back started to hurt, as you know, you kind of imagined. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm just like falling apart. And because I wasn't able to run because of the knees and the back now, I hadn't, you know, I really didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I went back to the doctor and he was just checking it all. And uh, really, I mean, other than just prescribing me another pill. And for the back, prescribed me a muscle relaxer now. So I was like, okay, I'm a painkillers, muscle relaxers, and anti-inflammatories. And I'm like, man, and I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, I, I, uh, as athletes do, you usually eat quite a bit to, to, uh, to, because of the energy you're putting out. So I'm no longer working out, though, and I'm still mm-hmm. really hungry. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think that kind of was a big problem there. And I, uh, I uh, was, was becoming more overweight, and I was just having a lot of, like, Stress because of it all, not being able to figure it out. I haven't seen my regular doctor, seeing, you know, my, my PCP, seeing the orthopedic, um, uh, and them not being able to figure it out. So we actually just, uh, we were thinking about having a, having a child. So I wanted to go in, get a physical, make sure I was being healthy. And I wanted to uh, get, get like, uh, out of all the medication I was taking, but I was seeing, and my dermatologist, because my skin started to flare up pretty bad too. So it was just pretty rough time. 2012 was not a good year for me. Mm-hmm. As my, you know, I'm seeing my dermatologist at that point, and, and my skin, I have a psoriasis. I, was, I had the really bad flare up of psoriasis, and um, it, I never really had a problem before. Like I had it a little bit when I was younger, and then maybe the tiniest bit when I was in high school. But here I am, you know, 27 years old, and I'm now taking self-injections of, uh, of this, you know, this, uh, this drug is, is Humira. And um, they're, uh, it just made me feel terrible, that drug that I was, that I was uh, having to take. But before that, I had to take other drugs that were, like, uh, pretty gnarly as well um, before the insurance, of course, or cover it, if anyone's familiar with those type of uh, biologics, which was methotroxate and that's some pretty pretty nasty stuff and I didn't know how nasty it was until I, I uh, my orthopedic doctor prescribed me to or, or sent me over to a uh, rheumatologist and he's you know hey what kind of medications are you taking I'm like oh how much time you got and I'm taking mm-hmm. Norco Valium uh, Zipsor I think was the anti-inflammatory and uh, uh, I'm also taking methotroxate and he looks over at me like who gave you methotroxate and I'm like what why? <laughs> you know, what do you mean? Startling me. And uh, it's like my dermatologist, I have psoriasis, you know, severe psoriasis. And he's like, oh. And uh, he basically alluded to the idea that any that the drugs he would have given me were the same ones that the uh, dermatologist already prescribed him for the psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis that I was experiencing. And that's what he he was saying. It's like a bunch of blood tests from everyone, essentially. I felt like I barely had any left. But they were mm-hmm. telling me that uh, that the that this the uh, arthritis that I have isn't rheumatoid, so that's good. But it's uh, psoriatic from the uh, psoriasis, the skin condition. So 
my psoriasis, if, if people aren't familiar with what it is, I'm, I'm, I think a lot of people know what psoriasis is, but just in case they don't, it's like, uh, it's itchy, flaky skin, it's redness, it's irritating, it's, uh, it's kind of, the only way I can describe it to someone is kind of like having this really bad sunburn, that's how it burns, but then if you scratch that sunburn, it really hurts. Well, it also itches like you have poison ivy, so it's kind of a rough situation awful. there. Yes. Essentially what it is is your immune system is attacking its, uh, you know, itself, yourself. And um, so, like, if a regular person gets a cut, it scabs, dries, flakes, and heals, well, for me, my body's saying something's wrong, go fix it, and it's just scabbing, drying, flaking. This is just not healing. So that's the problem. So it was just producing skin Normal people produce skin, uh, you know, in a month, your skin will turn over. And for me, it was happening in half a day, constantly producing, producing, producing skin. And it's pre-ages your, your body. You have uh, the problems I was having, those, those um, back problems, the psoriasis, I'm sorry, the, uh, the arthritis. And arthritis causes irreversible damage. So, you know, I had tendonitis and, and, and different joints on top of the, uh, because of the inflammation, on top of the arthritis. I, you know, I was seeing all those people and I still wanted to be active. I still wanted to do things. And I, I remember uh, a pivotal moment for me was that I uh, went to play wheelchair football with some amputee friends because they said, no running. Okay, no running. I'm sitting in the chair rolling around. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and I get tendonitis in my right shoulder because I'm right-handed. I guess I was, you know, uh, pushing the chair around and then throwing one day of wheelchair football I had like a whole month of uh, shoulder pain my shoulders hurt so bad I just couldn't sleep and then the medications the Norcos and the Valiums and everything else just felt like I was in a daze the entire time just completely gone Could I vaguely remember that time uh, because of all the medication I was having to take you can't you know live that way that's not mm-hmm. sustainable to be a 27, maybe 28-year-old at that time with, arth- you know, pretty bad arthritis and tendonitis and just not being able to move, not being able to uh, really, uh, you know, that's, there, there's no freedom there. You, I was trapped in my own body. You know, I'd go uh, grocery shopping with my wife. We enjoyed spending time with each other. And by the time we were done, you know, I'm, I'm uh, slumped over the uh, shopping cart. And uh, by the time we were finished picking everything out, I was just done. My legs were gone. My back hurt. And I just had, I'd had to go sit in the car and, and wait for her to check out because I was just, my legs were exhausted. I had a cane that I would walk around with, actually, because it was just so exhausting. I'd lean on it uh, whenever I, uh, my legs would get too, too tired. But with the wheelchair football, with walking around with a cane and people looking at you kind of crazy because seemingly yeah. young guy... In a, you know, in these offices that are predominantly elderly people, like the rheumatologists and the, the orthopedic, and it's like, the heck are you doing here? You know, mm-hmm. it felt so uncomfortable. And uh, and another really, really big moment for me was thinking that, you know, she and I, my wife Sarah uh, and I were thinking about having kids. And it scared me to think that, if anything happened to one of those kids or I had to run or like jump up really quick and stop them from touching something hot or, or putting their fingers in a, you know, a fan or something, you know, the mm-hmm. parents or you're running towards the street that I wouldn't be able to do that. The great Olympic track star Wilma Rudolph once said, the triumph can't be had without the struggle. 
She was paralyzed by polio as a child, and doctors felt like she wouldn't walk again. Struggles and pain are bound to come in life, so you can choose to dwell in it or do something about it. And I thought, there's got to be, there's got to be something else because this is not a way of living. This is, especially for someone who's athletic, anyone who's athletic would think, to be have to sit down for too long is uh, is is taxing. <laughs> mm-hmm. To be forced forced to do that because of limitations is uh, is uh, dreadful. And so we um, try to get off all my medication and slowly winging myself off of uh, the painkillers and the muscle relaxers because those things, as anyone knows and probably knows at this point, any kind of opioids or anything like that, they're, they're, they're highly addictive. Your body will tell itself that it feels pain just to, to make you go get It's not that you're like, yeah, I'm searching that high. No, your body will create pain to make you take the Take, take the medication. And then the numbness. I, uh, I uh, remember that I got off the medication long enough that, that we can try to, you know, to have kids. And uh, I, I, I felt I didn't want to give my child any negativity from the medications that I was forced to take. So, so Jesse weans himself off the medications. The doctor would always tell me, he's like, your pressure is really high. You know, are you are you sure? Because I'm like, man, well, you guys make me nervous. I'm, every time I come here, y'all are giving me something else. <laughs> y'all giving me pills for my pills, and <laughs> and and, it, and he's like, yeah, but uh, you know, it's still pretty, it's still pretty dang high. So around this time is when we were starting to try to transition our life into a little bit healthier eating, introducing juices, and uh, I'd I probably have a juice in the morning and then a smoothie for lunch. And then we'd have like a cooked meal in the afternoon. <clears throat> and it's kind of how we did for, for a while just to lower my cholesterol, just to lower my, my blood pressure and try to bring my weight down uh, in uh, almost voraciously searching for something else. And that something else was simple. It all came down to food. With Sarah being such a strong um, individual as far as cooking goes it was uh it was uh life-changing for me the fact that she was always uh, so strong at uh looking up recipes and, and creating things she enjoyed it she had this passion for it so she'd have books and I always thought it was strange you know she's sitting down reading books about cooking like about food you know it's like, but it was so good the food was so good and then she turned it and dialed it down specifically for me for us, really, for us to to uh, keep me a little longer, I guess. <laughs> it sounds crazy to say it like that, but uh, it was a self-preservation thing. It was a it was a you know for her it was uh, preserving a uh, a healthy way or or a actual livable life for her husband. Layla Gifty Akita says, "The path of light is the quest for knowledge." Me being athletic, I would, you know, go eat whatever I wanted to, man. I, uh, I, I could, I'd go eat uh, McDonald's or like burgers, you know, any fast food because I knew I could go run it off. I'd go burn it off. But in, in looking back at it, it's like, man, you fill your body up with trash and you expect high results. You expect, you know, a trophy for that. You're not. That's no 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 uh supreme athlete 
fills his body up with garbage. So the fact that uh, that Sarah just dug deep into uh, into books or knowledge or finding out uh, you know who who uh, knows the most about what I want to learn about and that's where we were introduced or she uh, learned about um, Christina Bookram who most people know as uh, Fully Raw Christina. This girl, she, you know, she doesn't cook anything. She like eats everything raw. She's a raw vegan. She she uh that's that's her lifestyle like that's how she does it. i'm like man that's really really neat and she you know helped herself so much from that and i thought well what if a crazy idea what if that helped me you know and i was really on board because i was tired of being tired i was tired of hurting i was uh i hurt enough to change and i think that a lot of people don't hurt badly enough to change. Mm. They might hurt bad. They don't hurt that bad. When you gain your why, your transformation truly begins. Seeing your loved one like that, you get desperate because you can't just... Because I've always been a person where I've seen what medications like from my family because they are always very dependent. And so I've always been like, I don't want that in my life. And because they're prone to migraines and headaches and stuff like that and I was too and and I also had some knee injuries where my doctor had told me he's like you're gonna have to keep swelling down your knees so you're either gonna have to like limit your rotation or whatever or take ibuprofen for the rest of your life and I was like I'll just deal with the pain I don't want to do that to my body like and everything and so seeing him take all this medication and seeing the pain he was in I was like okay I feel like there's a different answer. I felt in my gut like there's got to be a different way. This is not the way. And then I'm like, okay, we just need to get more fruits in, in our body or fruits and veggies. And then that's where I came across like people who were saying, you know, food is your medicine and then researching autoimmune. And then the biggest thing was that for autoimmune people is that it, you're, most of your your immune systems in your gut and so for an immune person it that's hard for them to digest they usually don't absorb whatever and so smoothies are good for them but not the best like juices was the biggest thing and that's when I came across Christina and that's when my mom actually was like hey you're looking to like get more veggies in your life this lady literally only eats that all day <laughs> so I'm like because I'm so tired of salads and steamed vegetables I'm like what else can I do like and even doing vegetarian recipes most of it was just cheese or pasta and I was like it's not what I'm looking for and so that's when I started following her and then hearing her story about her healing herself and everything through eating just fruits and veggies and then doing juices. And so um, that's what I did for him. It's like, okay, I need to, he is nutriently deficient. And so he can't eat enough. Like fiber is actually bad for him. There's no way for him to eat enough plants and, you know, plants and fruit to be able to help rebuild his body. I was juicing for him five days a week, every morning, just anything to get him because mm -hmm. I really didn't like the idea of Humira being in his body and being so young and doing that. And so doing the juices and stuff like that at the same time as Humira, his skin did start to clear up a lot faster than the nurses were saying that they should have happened. But then by 
a stroke of luck, I guess. Um, we actually had to switch um, jobs, and so we lost the insurance for a little bit. So we actually were forced off of Humira. But, of course, we're continuing to be juicing and so forth. Yeah. And he started more and more improving. And then fast forward to November of 2014. Uh, November, I was like, you know what? Let me just try going vegetarian. And so I did a challenge for me because I wasn't going to impose any more restrictions or forcing on, on anybody else. And I was two weeks into my vegetarian challenge and he started eating some of my food. And I was it all looked like, good. And I was, <laughs> and I was all like, I mean, like, I can't have that. I made him a separate, I made everybody a separate meal and then just made me something without it. And he's all like. But I want that. I was yeah, like, I remember seeing it. I was like, man, yours looks live. Like, you got reds, greens, oranges, like these bell peppers. How come I ain't got that? Like, And then he's all like, just whatever you're cooking for you, just cook for me. And so then he just, uh, at the end of the 30 days, we actually felt better. Like, I can remember my body already felt better at the end of 30 days. I was like, okay, if we can do it for 30 days, let's just keep rolling with this. And so we continued on because all you're taking out is the meat i think that was the biggest thing it was like okay any meal we had was had veggies in it just take the meat out beef up the beef up the veggies (laughs) terrible Uh, terrible terrible. (laughs) (laughs) but um just do more veggies and everything like that and then february we're like let's just take the cheese out let's just take everything else out so it was 2 15 15 that we decided to go plant-based our why was health with a strong understanding of their why and now incorporating healing foods jesse begins to get active again around that time i was starting to now try to do physical the physical therapy part of it for the pain and stuff um and doing a little bit of walking, I started just by walking around the block, just walking a mile. And then I thought, man, I felt really good. So the walking helped, and then uh, I started to do a little bit of running. I, I would maybe run, I don't know, like a, a quarter mile, and then I would walk the rest of it just to kind of get keep the blood flowing. And then I'd bump it up a little. I think I, think I remember one time I was kind of inching my way to different things, different uh, distances. And I remember I felt so good. I was like, man, I'm going to run. I'm going to run these three miles, and I'm going to get this workout in. And so I did. I went, and I ran, and I, I may have even done four. I don't know. I remember. But Sarah was always so good. She'd have, like, uh, fresh veggies, I mean, fresh uh, uh, fruit ready. She'd have, like, strawberries or bananas or anything like that. Uh, um, just whenever I got back, some good nourishment uh, stuff. And I, I remember I sat down, and she had this plate full of strawberries and uh I felt really good, you know, I just ran, I think it was four miles at that time, I ran four miles, I was like, that was a good run, and I got this good workout in, I feel great, got it worked up with good sweat, I sat down, I ate the strawberries, felt really good, and I was like, all right, let me jump in the shower, I go to get up, and my, my hips are locked up, like, it was the worst hip pain I had ever felt in my life, I couldn't get up, I was stuck, and uh, then I thought back, oh man, I had a lot of wear and tear in my body from from uh, just the pushing through with the with the uh, psoriatic arthritis and the damage that it was causing just from walking around, just doing regular stuff. And I thought, man, I got to take it a lot easier. But I was determined to continue. Arthritis is one of those things that if you just stop moving, your body will slowly start to deteriorate. 
and then it'll be hard to pick back up where you were. So you stay active and that will, you know, you can do pretty much anything. And I mean, with limitations, of course, and slowly doing it. And that's what I was trying to do. But I just like, you know, know your limits, <laughs> know, know your limits. And uh, man, I, I started to do a lot of uh, cycling because it was lower impact on the knees. And I think it was 2017, I did the MS-150, yeah. which is uh, the Houston ride, uh, bike ride from Houston to Austin. Which I know that Stacy knows about, didn't you? Yeah, we used to do it too. But tell us about it because yeah. our listeners don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And, and I think it was, it was really, really huge for me because here we are. We start from the really, really back from uh, the first day. It's two days. So on the first day, we did 100 miles on our bikes, on that saddle. And if you don't know about bike riding, man, them saddles mm-hmm. are yeah, rough. Yes. Boy. Nothing like that. Lord. <laughs> yeah, no. The only pattern is on the shorts. And that's it, man. We, <laughs> we, um, we set out and I thought, man, I trained really, really hard. But I was still so nervous and uh, just rocked it out, man. The first day, 100 miles knocked it out we i get there i felt great because i'd always felt great with cycling and i'm like man what is it about cycling like i wasn't feeling sore it was like it was the uh the the push that i needed because anything else when i started my my yeah i had roadblocks with the walking roadblocks started to hurt knees anything and then started running same thing knees were hurting but then the hips and and the soreness you know it was just exhausting and then so I went cycling, and for some reason, it was like I built myself up to a certain point, uh, something easy, 25 miles with a, on the something bike. Something easy. <laughs> on the bikes, you know, it's not. <laughs> well, when you compare it to 100 miles, you're like, man, that's a that's mm-hmm. a, just a regular weekday, you know, training ride to do 25 to 30 miles. And then on the weekends, we do our stretches, it was 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. you know, up to 70s. And that's what we did with the, with the team. We 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 ended up doing these training rides. So whenever it came down to it, that in April, did the MS one fifty rode those hundred miles the first day, no problem. Woke up the next day, problem. <laughs> because because you're waking up after a hundred miles and you sat in that saddle for hours, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, there's no way around it. Your, your butt hurts. <laughs> but I didn't have any fatigue. And that's the plant-based diet. I'd gotten to a point where I was able to cleanse out. I, and the way I always describe it to people and just talking here and there, because like, man, you were you were bad. Like, you could barely stand. And you're talking about doing the MS-150? And, and how do you explain it to somebody? You're like... You know, they're probably thinking, well, how bad was it? You know, how, how, how bad were you really? Like, no, man, you saw it, it was bad. Mm-hmm. It, and I'm like, dude, the plant-based diet soreness was not, like, the soreness would go away really quick. The, mu- the, the muscles would, would, uh, would uh, repair themselves a lot, qu- a lot quicker than it would have in any other diet that I ever had. I felt so, so alive. And that's something that I had missed from where I was 2012 I did not feel alive I did not feel much you know besides a lot of depression from everything that I was going through to to bounce back to me that high and to some other people too you think about like dude a bike ride from 
from from Houston to Austin. That's a long way. We're not familiar with Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this place is big. Like <laughs> just from from one side of Houston to the other side of Houston. That's a long way. Yes. So I, you know, I got back on that saddle. We, you know, the next day we get we get to rolling out. We do eighty miles uh, on that. I, there was different paths that you can take, and uh, I. I believe that was the time we did the the 80 miles. It was uh, on the next day. So, you know, total 180 miles. 100 first day, 80 the second day. And if you're not familiar with Austin, over in the Houston area, there's not a whole lot of hills. You get to Austin, though, man, you got some rolling hills Mm -hmm. there. And on those bikes, it is, you are grinding the gears. Like, you are getting in it. And now once you go down, it does feel better. But when you are going up those hills, boy, oh, my God. <laughs> it was one of the most beautiful things in my life, something I remember forever. Uh, by that point, our little girl was uh, two, or how old was she? She was, uh, was going to, yeah, she was two and a half. Yeah, she, uh, so our little girl, Brielle, she was, she was only you know, two and a half, and uh, Sarah took her to Austin to meet us there. You know, my buddy had got me into cycling he and his uh his wife and his girls were over there and so they met up and at the finish line i remember it was like super emotional i'm making it and i see at that point it was at the uh, the capital mm-hmm. you know you're coming in you're rolling in and all these people had been cheering there's some different locations people cheering you on you make it in, everyone's making noise, you got horns being blown, people clapping, and it's like, whoa, man, I really did just ride this bike right here. From Houston to Austin, and I remember like coming around, and my eyes weren't just thinking about it. I remember coming around that corner, and it was like the last corner, and I see them, and I was like, look, there's daddy. Oh, my God. Aww. It was rough. It was rough. It was, uh... But it was beautiful because I did something. <laughs> Give me a sec. I did something for my little girl. I I showed her that that uh, that I wasn't gonna quit. You know. Yes. It's beautiful. It was for her. I wanted. You know, if it was something small, I could definitely do it now. If I had to get up at that chair to get her or anything like that, I'm probably just rode my bike from <laughs> Houston to Austin. You know, I got your back. I and and you know, seeing Sarah and Brielle there at the finish line, I was like, man, this is a lifestyle. This is this is what I gotta do for the rest of my life, and this is something that that I got to teach her that she's got to she's got to live that supreme life too you know after conquering the MS-150 Jesse turns to a new challenge my friend Cotty she's been uh, uh, such a, a great person a great blessing as well and she's like hey well there's this marathon coming up in January and I said man a marathon you know how long that is I was like, this ain't no, you know, 5Ks, no. I was like, this 26.2 miles. Those last .2, I'm sure, are going to feel real terrible because they include <laughs> them in the number. 
They don't just say 26 <laughs> miles. They say 42. <laughs> Every little bit. Because everyone's like, no, 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 put that in there. Because those, mm-hmm. yeah. Don't leave that out. That you can't. And so I'm like, man. And she told me this in October. So I'm still training because it was like a, I took a little bit of off time, but I can't stop. I, I, that's how I look at it. I can't stop. If I wanted to, I can't because the decline would be so much faster than uh, all the work that it took to get up to where I was. And so I said, okay, let's do, let's let's do a marathon. Yeah. Let's do a marathon, man. And, and I started training for that marathon. I said, man, this is crazy. I'm over here riding my bike. I jump off that bike and I'm running, uh, you know, I'm running through the week. And then I'm running on the weekends, might do, might do like a little bit more because I was like, nah, you got to wait a minute. You, uh, I'm, you know, running is a lot harder on the knees than cycling. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to work my way up. One day I was just out there and I'm like, man, let's get this run in. Runners, your show has some runners, they'll know and they've heard of the term runner's knee. And what, what it is, is the, uh, the, uh, the hip flexors. Um, the the TFL specifically on your on your hips is overworked as a runner as a cyclist as a as someone who's who's skiing. Now I wasn't skiing, but I was definitely doing the other two, a lot of it too. <laughs> and the so the TFL the tensor fasciolata, <laughs> just sounds so cool to say. But the TFL was just so uh, it was so tight. I needed to to loosen up the muscle, so I had rollers and stuff like that, just trying to because at one point. I went out running, I think it was two miles. It was only letting me run two miles before I'd have this really tight, like it felt like the tendon was about to rip out of my tibia. And so I was like, man, this pain is bad. How am I going to run this marathon when I can't run two mi- more than two miles? My body can't, like I, I, I feel I, like I can, but it it derailed my the progress that I that I had because I couldn't run more than two miles. How was I gonna run twenty six point two point two <laughs> more? <laughs> I I'm not a runner, so I, I feel that so Oh my god. How? When I'm bought, you know, a hundred and fifty dollar shoes to for training and stuff like that, because I was committed to running this marathon. But mm-hmm. how, if I can't run, you know, at two, I start struggling and it just locks up my knee that walking is painful. You know what? Let me just try. Um, let me just try to do it and see how far I go. Might as well. So mm-hmm. the day comes and I, for a whole week, I didn't do anything but try to roll, you know, on the rollers, on the rollers, on the rollers trying to release the hip flexors the tfl specifically but all around you know all around the glutes the you know the 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 quads and everything just that's all i did and then the race day came uh you know we go downtown uh we're getting ready and sarah's there she's got my little one you know brielle's there and and i'm like yo my little girl's here like i I gotta finish this race. I gotta finish this marathon. I uh, I'm doing it. I'm doing this for me. Yeah, me to prove something. But but you know, I got little eyes watching me now. 
And that's what I signed up for. So I said, man, let's let's warm up. Let's get ready. Um, it was a cold, cold day. It was a cold morning. All tons of runners there. So I'm like, man, I'm kind of achy, but but uh, you know, once I get warmed up, I'll probably be all right. And uh, we all get lined up, and I'm like, this is more real. You know, uh, your cycling is tough for sure. Doing the MS is tough, but I was like, man. This there's no stopping with this. Like you, you are constantly running, uh, in, in this thing. There's no downhill. <laughs> yeah, there's no downhill. You can't stop pedaling. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, pace yourself, uh, take it easy. I might have to stop and stretch or something at some point because of this runner's knee. The the TFL had been messing with me, but I knew how to stretch him out. But I already knew that before. So that race day, when I was running two miles past, and I'm checking, and I'm like, man, I'm good. I'm still feeling good, but I'm going to take it easy because I know my body is not going to like it. So I'm running, I'm running, man. I get to like five and a half or so, somewhere around their miles, and the pain right there, boom, immediately, because uh, I could feel my hips tightening and then the knee, and I was like, no. This just can't be like it's just and the, the thing tracks you so like my wife could see you wear it on your um on the little bib that they give you a little uh <laughs> chest thing that has your number and your name and as soon as you go over these checkpoints it, it dings anyone who wanted to follow you around Houston because you're running around Houston it tells them where you are in the process so if like my friends that were at home cheering me on could see boom he made it to this point. Boom, he made it to this other point. So what does that mean? That means... Everybody's Everyone's watching. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And I remember uh, receiving texts like, are you okay? Uh, You know, you stopped moving. Uh, (laughs) Like, why? Hey, wait a minute. Why are you keeping tabs on me? (laughs) And I don't know what happened. You know, um... My wife and I, we're, we're God-fearing people, and I like to think that that, uh, that God somehow, you know, God came in and, like, took the pain away from that because it, I could, I continued, I pushed through it, and then the pain just, that pain specifically just went away. It was crazy. Wow. It still hurt. Don't give me like, it still hurt, but it was manageable, and I was, I was running, and I was fluid, and I was picking up the pace, like, I feel great. I'm going to get this marathon in. But if you remember, I haven't run more than 10 miles, though. <laughs> I get to, I see the 13, uh, the halfway mark. And I'm thinking, halfway? You know, like, I got like 20%, 25% maybe left in the tank. And I'm barely halfway? <laughs> oh, no. Like, oh, oh, no. Like, what am I going to do? I'm steady running though. I'm running, running, running. I get to like 20 miles. And I, I think a lot of other people mention that. Like you get to 20 miles and every single mile is rough. Mm-hmm. At this point, I, I hear Jarvis from, <laughs> from Iron Man saying in my ear, you are now running on emergency backup power. <laughs> like, <laughs> thinking... Whoa, I still got 6.2 to go. 
Wow. And I'm gassed. Like, I am. And the elevations are changing. So you're running up. You're running down. You're running side. You're, like, turning. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is tough. And I remember uh, also around the 20s, uh, 23s or so, somewhere around there, hearing this song that uh, our eldest, we, we, have, uh, we have four girls total. Um, Sarah's five years my senior. So she, uh, she was previously married and she had two other girls. Well, the, then when Sarah and I, you know, she divorced, we, we ended up getting married later. We had two more girls. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. that's a side note to, the, to everything else. I got four girls. Like, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember our eldest, You have to keep running. <laughs> yeah, I got to keep running. That's, this is a lot of work. That's a lot of work. But uh, I remember hearing a song that she, she had played, and it, like, kept me moving, too. Our oldest was, like, had this song. Uh, and, you know, I can't think of this, the name of that song right now. If I heard it, I remember. But, but I heard that song, and I thought, oh, man, that's her. You know, I, I'm running for for my girls, this is, this is, uh, it's not that I have to prove anything to them, but I'm doing it for them and I'm doing it for myself and, uh, all the work too, that my wife put in to get me where I'm at. I was like, man, I got a lot of people cheering me on and I got to keep pressing forward. I got to keep running. And I'm like pushing through. I mean, with everything in me. And I remember finally I was dying I had never run that far in my life. I'd never pushed through that far in my life. Uh, you know, riding a bike to Austin, that was tough. It is tough. If I had to do it today, it'd still be tough. But that marathon, without that much training um, uh, to do it, I remember those last miles, my my toes just hurting. My, everything, I remember it just starting to hurt. And I'm making it in, and I'm surrounded by the buildings. We're running back into, what is it, the NRG? Is that where? Mm-hmm. So I'm running through the streets on the final stretch, and I'm thinking, I might not even have enough energy to make it down this line. Like, I see people falling off the rails, like, on left and right on that last stretch, because there is absolutely nothing left nothing but i'm thinking i got to keep moving i'd seen my wife and and my uh, and our friend melanie with uh, brielli they were and it was cold i'm like man they're out here you know i saw them uh, like mile 18 or something so i was like i know that they're gonna be at the finish line i gotta finish strong but I had nothing left. <laughs> I told you I was running on emergency backup power. Like this, this tank was it was spent. Like it was fumes. And I'm running in. I'm running. I'm running in. But now nah, I say running. I'm looking in. back at it. Like <laughs> looked like I was trudging through mud, yeah. trying to finish this run. And. Uh, this is a final stretch and I see them at the very end, the little loop over that says the finish line and I'm just like, everything that's left in me, I gotta, I gotta try to get the, I gotta try to finish this, you know, those people in wheelchairs, I remember them wheeling them out and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta finish this run, I'm already here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm running in and I finally cross that finish line. I could, I couldn't even really celebrate. I was <laughs> gassed. I was gassed wow. out. But Stacey, man, one of the most beautiful things um, 
my daughter was there, Brielle was there, and she's, she's, uh, you know, looking up at me. I remember taking this photo, like, man, we did this. Like, she's looking up at me, and she's like, I could tell that she was proud. Um, and I was proud to show her that she didn't know me as the dad that couldn't. Yes. She knows me as the dad that can. And that's that's how I want her to remember me. I did that. I did that. And I did it because I can. I did it. And I always think about that. It's almost like a mantra. Anything that I do... I do it because I'm able to do it. Because I knew what it was like not to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I knew what it was like not to be able to. We want to give a heartfelt and sincere thanks to Jesse and Sarah for sharing their moving testimony. They also shared some closing thoughts on the power of plant-based living and making it all work. So listen in as they share those thoughts. If you have a, a, a vehicle that is diesel powered, that's a strong vehicle. And it could really pull some stuff. Put gas in that vehicle, though, instead of diesel. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work like it should. It definitely isn't. And we as humans function so much better as herbivores than we do as carnivores. And that's truly what the American diet in Texas is, is a carnivorous uh, diet. You have very little vegetables if any and if and if that it's starch you know there's uh, meat and you know meat and potatoes that's that's what Texas I was starting is. this um journey or whatever is that trying I get so frustrated trying to figure out how to do this and I remember one lady saying it's like it took you 30 hmm. years to learn this habit have grace with yourself and it's not going to yeah. be an overnight thing. Mm. Don't get mad at yourself if you haven't figured it out in a week. You've been cultured, taught, told, and propaganda for so many years yeah. of your life. It's going to take some time for you to unlearn those habits. So definitely like, have grace. have a question or an idea for a future segment we want to hear from you send us your question through the contact us link on plantchangemylife.com we love spreading the word about the benefits of a healthy whole food plant-based diet and want to invite you to join us in the movement. So make today the day you grab a Plants Change My Life t-shirt for yourself or someone you love. Check out our new colors and styles. Just visit plantschangemylife.com and click on merch. Your purchase helps us carry out our mission. You can also help by sharing the podcast with others, leaving feedback, and subscribing to the show wherever you listen. 
We truly appreciate your support. Thank you for listening in to the Plants Changed My Life podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us at Plants Changed My Life on Instagram and on Facebook. And head on over to PlantsChangeMyLife.com for additional information about the show and the resources that were mentioned. Also, if you or someone you know has a story to share, please get in touch with us at stories at PlantsChangeMyLife.com. Respect. And always remember, when you eat good, you reap good. Peace. Peace.